Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Spain to Go, the best podcast in the entire multiverse for all things Spain. As usual, I'm Daniel. This is Daniel, I suppose I could say. And I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Barcelona, where suddenly it's just like summer. Today, I wanted to talk about a big question for people living abroad, Spain or otherwise, I suppose, but mostly Spain. Why don't you just integrate already? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. First, you should definitely check out my new channel on YouTube if you're into Spain's stuff. I've got more than 20 videos now, and I'm teaching Spanish more on video on the podcast here I'm doing other stuff. If you go to expatmadrid.com slash YouTube, I've got a link set up that'll take you right to my YouTube page, and I'm just doing some language stuff there. Yesterday I did a video about some false cognates, false friends, as they might call them, where, you know, things like how embarazada is not embarrassed, embarazada is pregnant. Words that sound like they should be one thing, but they're actually something completely different. So you can check that out, expatmadrid.com slash YouTube will take you right to the page, or you can just Google me, learn Spanish with Daniel. Anyway, how to integrate into Spanish culture is the topic of the day. And it's something that's been on my mind a bit recently because, well, a few weeks ago, I went to the police station for a special occasion. I went actually to pick up my new residence permit. I have another five years being a legal, loyal, tax-paying, non-citizen resident of Spain. And that's a pretty good thing. I'm excited. I'm happy to be here in my adopted home country. It's also been 10 years since I became a legal, tax-paying resident, which means now I can apply for nationality if I choose to and become an actual citizen. I suppose I will probably be doing that at some point. It does take a few years to come through, so you might as well just get started and uh, hope for the best. It is kind of amusing to me, the concept that I could just, you know, become a real official Spaniard, because obviously I'm not a real official Spaniard, and the idea that bureaucracy could make me one is a bit amusing. Even having been here for most of my adult life, I do kind of feel a bit different than the average Spaniard probably feels. So if integration even exists, I guess I haven't done it. Or have I? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. First, a little anecdote. Back in the day, I was a teacher at a big language school in Madrid, in Puerta del Sol in Madrid. There was a coworker there, also an English teacher. He was a big guy. He was pretty annoying, very loudly opinionated guy. 
And he once complained to me about immigrants in the U.S. He said something along the lines of, I feel like previous generations of immigrants were trying their best to integrate, not like these new people who come in now. And of course, that's the thing that people always say about, you know, the grandchildren of immigrants always say about their grandparents. Doesn't mean it's true. Most people have a... Uh, idea of the past that's mostly just bullshit that they got from TV. But this was also ironic because the guy saying it was an immigrant in Spain, and he was also the kind of person who had been here for a decade and had refused to learn anything but very basic beginner-level Spanish. But it did get me thinking, what does it mean to integrate or assimilate into a foreign culture? Is it possible or is it desirable to do so? How do we do it if we decide we want to? Those are some of the questions I will try to answer here. But first, let's talk about what does it actually mean to integrate or assimilate into another culture? Well, if you're like me, you might have gone through your whole life up to now thinking that integrate and assimilate are basically synonyms. And in a way, they are. If you Google around the different definitions from different dictionaries, you might find some definitions. For example, one from Oxford Languages that you just get on the Google search uses integrate as part of the definition of assimilate. The definition of assimilate is to absorb and integrate people, ideas, or culture into a wider society or culture. So when you use one word to define another, you kind of end up in a loop of circular uh, definitions where one thing means the other thing and the other thing means the first thing and you're just, um, you're not getting very far. So it does sound like they could be synonyms, but there are some sociologists who study these kind of things. I read a couple of articles and some people would say that assimilation actually involves giving up your native culture and values to accept those of your host culture. Assimilation can actually be forced. If you read the Wikipedia article, it mentions forced assimilation. Sounds like a pretty ugly sort of process, but I guess we could all think of examples where that happened to people. The sociologists also say that integration might allow people to keep their home culture while also being more or less fully participating members of their host culture and society. But those are just some definitions, and a lot of people just use the words interchangeably. So I'll be using them pretty much interchangeably from here on out. And the usual disclaimer, I'm just a guy on the internet, not a sociologist. So if you're looking for a sociologist, go read a textbook. You probably won't find anything quite so deep on this podcast. Anyway, now that we've got the disclaimer and definition out of the way, how do you go about this mysterious integration or assimilation thing? How do you do it? Well, first you should learn the local language. Of course, back in the U.S., I would never be the kind of asshole who goes around telling people to learn English or go home. That would be awful. 
I'm sure we all have stereotypes about the learn English and go home crowd. I guess they probably exist in the UK also and possibly other English-speaking countries. Anyway, I don't want to be one of those people, but I should mention that if you move abroad, knowing the local language will definitely make your life easier on a practical level. If you're going to spend any significant amount of time in a country, learning the language to the best of your ability is definitely a plus. So if you're here in Spain, it's highly recommendable to learn at least enough Spanish to get around. I would say a solid intermediate level would be good enough, a B1, B2, ideally B2. But don't do it to please the locals, do it to make your own life better, because what else are you going to do? Are you going to spend your whole life looking for dentists or lawyers or plumbers who also speak English? Are you going to rely on friends who have learned the language to translate for you? That's not exactly ideal. Here in Barcelona, I could probably live my whole life in English if I wanted to, but I don't. My landlord speaks English. My rent contract is actually bilingual. It's written in two columns, Spanish on one side, English on the other. My local cafe, where I go to get my cold brew in the mornings, like this one, is run by a woman from Wisconsin, and some brothers from California run the bar where I get my vermouth on weekends and sometimes weekdays. You really don't need Spanish to navigate a supermarket or a big box store, and being in a touristy location like Barcelona is means that a lot of people have some idea of English, so I could get around mostly in English. But there's always the chance of something happening that absolutely must be done in Spanish. What if I need to call an ambulance? What if I need to go to the unemployment office or the tax office? What if I need to talk to the electric company? Those things you might have trouble finding somebody to speak English to you. They might even hang up the phone on you rather than try. I actually did an experiment about this back when I was in Madrid. I spent the afternoon walking around and just speaking English to people, pretending like I didn't speak Spanish at all. Mostly it went pretty well, but I do remember one lady at the Corte Inglés department store who just turned her back and walked away after about two sentences in English from me. She did not want to even be bothered. So definitely learn some Spanish if you're going to be here for a while. It will make your life much easier. Of course, there's always the caveat also that if you happen to be a native English speaker, you can go through life thinking other people should just learn your language. If your native language is Hungarian or Tamil or Igbo or something similar, good luck. Uh, wandering around hoping everybody on the planet just learns your language. Anyway, your second step for integrating or assimilating is to adopt local culture and customs. I've probably mentioned before my time working with the Lonely Planet guides to Madrid and how every time I pick up one of these guides and read through the introduction, there's something along the lines of try to dress like the locals. 
And I find that amusing because what do Spanish people actually dress like? They dress, you know, like a lot of other people. Guys tend to wear pants and a shirt, possibly jeans and a shirt, possibly a t-shirt, possibly a sweatshirt. You know, there's not a typical Spanish outfit that you absolutely have to wear these days. So dress however you want. It'll be fine. Anyway, I have to admit that for writing this article and podcast, I had to Google what is Spanish culture, because I often feel like I might be missing something. If you just have to describe what is Spanish culture, well, it's a bit uh, ambiguous, I guess. The first things that cross my mind when I think Spanish culture are, of course, the big three stereotypes, bullfighting, flamenco, and sangria. Of course, these are the holy trinity of Spanishness. Or are they? The funny thing is, many modern Spaniards hate bullfighting. It's actually illegal here in Catalonia. The biggest bullring is now a uh, shopping center. Um, So yeah, bullfighting, not necessarily as Spanish as people would have you suggest. Most Spanish people these days would also rather watch The Sopranos or The Big Bang Theory than a flamenco show. And as far as I've been able to tell, most Spanish people never drink sangria or drink it very rarely. The big pitchers of sangria at uh, bars or restaurants are mostly for tourists. I polled Spanish Twitter about this, and they said that, um, well, they, the large number of Spanish people who responded here said that they might have it at a barbecue or something, but made at home. You're you're not going to go out and pay 12 euros for a pitcher of terrible wine. Anyway, bullfighting was very popular decades ago. Flamenco is more of a regional pursuit. It's not big in the north of Spain, and uh, sangria kind of sucks. Other than that, Spanish people tend to have an obsession with football. I mean, talking about, on average, the level of obsession with football is higher than in many other places. Catholicism is popular in uh, some of your smaller towns. The architecture is still around. I don't know any fervent Catholics here in Barcelona, but um, in Madrid I know a few. In the 17th and 18th centuries, the Spanish had some really good artists, painters, but I'd challenge you to find a lot of enthusiasm on the street level for Velázquez or Goya or El Greco these days. If you just walk around and poll people on street corners, I'm guessing they don't know a single thing about Velázquez, Goya, or El Greco, except possibly the names. I bet it's about a thousand times easier to find a lifelong fan of ACDC than it is to find somebody who knows anything about Spanish Baroque art. As beautiful as these paintings are, you know, you could find a lot of people in Madrid who had lived there their whole lives, and maybe they went to the Prado Museum once on a school trip and then never again. So it's not like they're sitting around thinking about their long culture, their long cultural history, their long cultural legacy. Also, believe it or not, Spanish kids don't grow up hoping to be the next Gaudi or Cervantes. Word has it 
They mostly want to be YouTubers or maybe these days even TikTokers. Another relevant aspect of Spanish culture is food. The eternal debate about what exactly makes something a paella and what is just an arroz con cosas. This is very controversial. If you make a paella and then you put something like chorizo in it, half of Spain will be up in arms about how that's not really paella. The other half will say, actually, my grandmother used to make it with chorizo. And, you know, it's kind of a not Civil War level battle, but it is pretty controversial among Spanish people. There's also the stupid argument about whether onion has any place in a tortilla de patatas, the tortilla española, the Spanish omelet with or without onion. It's a long story and it's such a boring conversation that we're not going to have it. So is that Spanish culture? Is it a bunch of painters from centuries ago and then an argument about paella? Maybe. There are a few more things that pop to mind. Spanish people work long hours, they live in small flats, and they spend a lot of time outside. Is that culture? Well, I guess it is. But I also think that if almost everybody is doing something, it's probably invisible most of the time. If you live in the U.S., you might have heard or even believed the meme that Americans have no culture. Well, here's the thing. We do have a culture. It's just not immediately obvious that your trip to Walmart to buy some Cheetos is a cultural event. Just like someone in Barcelona might swing by La Boqueria Market to pick up some freshly gutted sardines. If you see people doing it while you're on vacation, you might think, oh, how quaintly cultural. He's buying sardines at his local market. But if you do it every day at home, it's just something you do. You don't think of it as being culture. Anyway, like I said, I have Googled what is Spanish culture for this podcast. And according to donquixote.org, which is the first result on the search page, Spanish culture includes physical contact during conversation, which is not considered an invasion of personal space. That is literally the second line of their article about Spanish culture. And actually, that is um, an important distinction. Now that we've spent the last couple of years being terrified of the coronavirus, the level of uh, physical contact has gone down a little bit, but it seems to be slowly coming back. I do remember the first time a beautiful Spanish girl just kind of touched me during conversation for no reason. It was uh, shocking because, you know, that in back where I'm from, personal distance is about two meters if you can reach out and uh, touch the other person in conversation, you're standing too close. But here, they just walk right up and uh, touch you. So that is culture, I suppose. Other useful information from donquixote.org says that teenagers in Spain like water parks and going out. This sounds better if I put the quotes around it. Water parks and going out. Well, okay, so teenagers like things. Spanish weddings always end very, very late, also according to donquixote.org. And uh, typical Spanish music goes a lot further than the, once again in quotes, 
omnipresent, unsinkable Macarena, which became a worldwide sensation in the 1990s. So yeah, <laughs> it's not Spain. It's not just the Macarena. Interestingly, I never thought of the Macarena as a Spain thing at all. I figured the group doing it, Los del Rio, were from Puerto Rico, like J-Lo or Ricky Martin. It feels like there were a couple of big Puerto Rican artists back in those days and, you know, not having a lot of information about Los del Rio. I just kind of imagined they were one of them. Turns out they're actually from Sevilla. So think of that next time you're dancing the Macarena. Anyway, you are more than welcome to develop a strong opinion about paella or bullfighting or Camarón de la Isla, one of the great Spanish singers of Cante Hondo. You should definitely Google Camarón de la Isla and listen to some of it. It's maybe not the kind of thing you would want to listen to regularly, but it's pretty cool. Do that. If it makes you feel more integrated, if it makes you feel extra integrated, feel free to listen to it all the time. Also, while we're on the topic, check out Paco de Lucia. I believe there's even a couple of collaborations between Camarón de la Isla and Paco de Lucia. Paco de Lucia was a guitarist. I have this tendency to just call all Spanish, you know, old school style music flamenco because I don't really know about it, but I'm not certain if he's a flamenco guitarist or if there's some other thing we should be calling him. He's got some really, really cool songs, though. There's one called Entre Dos Aguas that I recommend a lot. You can find it on YouTube. And yeah, take a listen to some Spanish music. However, listening to Spanish music will not, in itself, make you more Spanish. Neither will visiting the art museums. You could admire the architecture all day long, but does that really make you integrated into Spanish culture? Does knowing the history make you integrated? Well, to some extent, maybe it does. However, like I said, a lot of real Spanish people might not know much about their own Art. They might not know much about the Catholic religion or about their architecture. So, you know, it's a mixed bag. Your final option, if you're going to integrate into Spanish society, is to make Spanish friends or sleep with the locals or the nuclear option, marry a Spaniard. If you've been living in Spain for a few months... Maybe you've got a job, maybe you've got a landlord, a water bill, a local SIM card, but you might feel that something is missing. You're not quite feeling integrated yet, perhaps. Maybe it's time to go for the nuclear option, get married. Or you could just make friends or amigos with some of the locals. Marrying into a Spanish family will definitely get you a circle of cuñados, tíos, abuelos, and primos to hang around with, but from what I've heard, it's not exactly a cakewalk. There are, well, I've had several friends who have married into Spanish families, and they do have their moments of complaining about different aspects of the Spanish family situation. One thing is the paella on Sunday, every Sunday afternoon for the rest of their lives, when often they would like to do other 
things. Well, and Spanish people from outside the big cities might not be used to dealing with foreigners, so they maybe, just saying, won't be tuned into your version of political correctness. It might occasionally be awkward. An example here, a friend of mine from the Philippines once told me that she was known as La China by her in-laws, and explaining that she was not Chinese did not help to change this nickname. She was just La China because it's one of the, uh, one of the ethnicities that Spanish people from small towns just have on the top of their minds, I guess. Another girl I know from Scandinavia was just called La Guidi by everybody, and she was, you know, she would speak English to her friends, and the Spanish people around would be Estos que están hablando en Guidi, as if Guidi were also a language. You know, if you're sensitive to these kinds of things, you're going to have some awkward moments with your Spanish family. Anyway, I have not married a Spaniard, so I guess I can't talk too much about it. Sleeping with the locals, on the other hand, can definitely be fun. I've got a couple of articles on the blog, and I believe podcasts here about dating Spanish girls. I've also got one long article about sex in Spain that I keep thinking I might record as a podcast, maybe for episode 20, coming soon. We'll talk about sex in Spain. But, you know, is sex just the same as cultural integration? Well, sort of. It's at least the closest thing to cultural integration that I've achieved. You'll definitely be having an immersive cultural experience once you're all naked and sweaty. And if you become more than foy amigos, so much the better. You can um, have a Spanish partner and be the token giri at a Spanish birthday party. That can be fun. You can be the token giri in all kinds of situations. You could also just make some Spanish friends. Some people have reportedly had good luck with this, but most foreign people I know don't have a lot of Spanish friends. There are a few reasons for this. The language barrier is sometimes an issue. The type of jobs people from abroad tend to have here in Spain might also isolate us. If you're working as an English teacher, you might end up hanging out with a lot of other English teachers, and um, this could limit your interactions with the locals. Also, I feel like foreign people here in Spain just have a lot of things in common with each other, and maybe less in common with the Spanish people who grew up here. So we tend to hang out in groups of expats or immigrants for that reason. Spaniards tend to have close-knit groups of friends who they might have known from middle school or something, maybe at the very latest their first year at university, and a group like that might not be accepting new members later on in the game, so you might have trouble making friends for that reason. However, if you do have a large group of Spanish friends, congratulations, and uh, please send me a message letting me know how integrated you are. All of this bringing us to our final point of the day. Is integration or assimilation even possible in Spain? Well, maybe it is. Spain doesn't have the U.S.'s long history of mass immigration, 
But in the past 20 years, there have definitely been a lot more people moving in from all over the world. The next few generations of Spaniards are going to look a lot different than what's come before. If you walk past any elementary school playground in a big city and take a look at the kids, you will see that the next generation is definitely going to be a mix of lots of different things, not necessarily your Spanish or generic Mediterranean sort of ethnicity. So that's definitely happening. There is going to be more of a melting pot in the very near future here. On the other hand, I'm a six-foot-tall bearded ginger guy, and I'm pretty sure that even if I live to be a hundred years old, nobody is ever going to look at me and say, oh look, a typical Spanish person. I'll probably always look and feel foreign, no matter what passport I get. However, your mileage may vary. There are plenty of people out there who have a sort of generic Mediterranean look and who blend right in. Maybe you're great at accents in a way that I'm not. You might even convince yourself after a while that you feel Spanish, whatever that means. Or hey, you might even be some kind of citizen of the universe who feels perfectly integrated wherever they go. Just please do me a favor and never use the expression citizen of the universe in front of me. In any case, the other relevant question is, should you assimilate? If you remember the large annoying coworker I had back in the day complaining about immigrants not wanting to act American, well, he apparently thought that they should just drop everything and adopt American culture. But why should they? Just to please the locals? I don't know. I live here in Catalonia, and my uh, desire to please the locals is pretty minimal, I think. People can live their lives in a variety of ways. Most people aren't judging you very much anyway. And if they are judging you, they're probably morons. So personally, I'm doing what I can to be a good resident, you know, non-citizen resident of Spain. I've got my residence permit. I've got my hefty tax bill. I've got my C2 level of Spanish, and I'm doing what I can. The opinions of random strangers about my lifestyle, though, don't matter much. So that's all I've got for today. I hope you're having a good one wherever you are. I'll be back soon with much more from Spain coming up on episode 20 here. And I'm excited because most podcasts never make it past episode 20. If I actually do manage to make a few more here, I will be past the uh, big barrier and into the elite of Spain podcasts. So I hope you have enjoyed this, please, as usual, go to expatmadrid.com and check out the articles there. You can also write me a message. Let me know what you think about this podcast. Let me know what you would like to hear more of. You can also take a look at my YouTube, as I mentioned, expatmadrid.com slash YouTube will take you directly to my channel there, and you can learn some Spanish. With me, Daniel. 
I try to keep it interesting and not give long, boring lectures about conjugations. You might learn a few colloquial expressions, things that you would not get from a regular textbook, as it were. Anyway, that's that. And until next time, from beautiful Barcelona, I'm out. Bye.